So for someone who's who's struggling, I, I would imagine you you'd say find yourself a coach. So I say you need three things. Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? Together we'll find the ideal path on the Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bennell. Lest I've given the impression over the last, you know, season plus that I've already found my way to wow, I assure you, I, I have not. I'm still working on it, hopefully along with you. And sometimes I need some help finding my way back to that path. Our guest today is a long-standing friend of mine and one of the people who helps me get back on my way to wow. So we're going to talk about how to do that. And I think you're going to appreciate what Bill Gross has to say. But before that, and I, Bill has been looking forward to this for a long, long time, we're going to have Blaine Adams mix up a cocktail. Hello. Thank you. So people think a lot of times you're making cocktails that you have to get crazy and use a million ingredients. But today, I'm gonna go back to basics and show you how to make a very simple four ingredient cocktail that's full of flavor and life, but just really, really easy to make. So it's going to be a mixed drink that you're going to stir instead of shake. So I'm gonna start off by filling my mixing glass here with some ice. If you don't have one of these fancy mixing glasses, if you've got a beer pint at home, that can work just as well. So we're gonna start off here with my favorite, Whistle Pig Rye Whiskey. You're gonna do two ounces of this guy. Um, and I like using rye for old fashions because rye as a grain is just a little bit heartier, a little bit more uh, strong in terms of flavor. So you're gonna get all that good stuff that you really want and be able to dilute it and have other flavors dance in and out. So if you're making a cake, this is the cake base, and now it's time to add the icing. So normally we make an old fashioned, you're gonna put some sort of sugar in there or a honey or a maple. Instead, we're gonna be using apricot liqueur, which is a sweet liqueur, and that's gonna sub in as your sweetener. So you wanna do about a quarter ounce of that to about two ounces of your rye whiskey. Drop that in. And if you like your drinks a little sweeter, you can always feel free to add a little more apricot. I go for a little more balance, but choose your own destiny. Next, you're gonna use Angostura bitters, the classic bitters. You're gonna do two dashes. And then just for good measure, to add a little more of that citrus element, you're gonna do one dash of the Angostura orange bitters. And drop that in there like that. And once we have all that in our mixing glass, take your bar spoon and give it a stir. And this is when I'll regale you with beautiful stories of the times I used to ride the rails and live the dream. You wanna make sure as you dilute, you really want those flavors to marry together and really give you a beautiful, beautiful cocktail. And now, once those are all together, you'll take your glass. Now, I am serving these up, but you could serve them on the rocks if you're feeling frisky. It's really up to you. And then, give it a nice pour. If you're making multiple drinks, make sure you split them as you pour, so that way the people drinking it will get equal kind of cocktails. If you go just dump, dump, the cocktails might be a little bit different in terms of dilution. And we all want consistency in life and our cocktails. All right, one little dab there. And now those are in glasses. Take a wide peeler, be careful. One of the most dangerous things in the kitchen. You wanna make sure you get a nice, beautiful orange peel. 
I'm making two here. Pull that up. And when those are done, you're going to express them over. And when you express an orange peel, it looks very simple and elegant, and it doesn't look like you're doing much other than casting a spell over your drinks, and you might be doing that, but you actually are adding a lot of flavor. And the final touch is you just wanna wipe the edge of your glass and the stem, so that way when the person's drinking their drink, they're gonna get some of that beautiful orange oil on their fingers, and it'll add a nice accent to the drink. Give a little twist off, drop in, and there's your apricot old-fashioned, friends. And I'll pass them over. Thank you, sir. Whoa. We did it. We did it. What we didn't spill. I want to hear about riding the rails. <laughs> we'll have to do that another time. Another time. Oh, thank you, sir. Cheers. How can you build a stronger mindset? So Blaine Adams made this for us. Thank you. This is an apricot old-fashioned. Wow, my regular drink. Yeah, right? Drink them every day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. I'm going to read a short bio that I wrote about you. Okay? The idea is, since you're such a long-standing friend, is to try and embarrass you. So let's see if this works. Good luck. Okay. You know me, we'll have to know. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's probably a fruitless, but, you know, you have to give it, you have to give it the college a try, right? Native Californian Bill Gross has been in the real estate business for over three decades, which means I must have met you just not too long after you got into the real estate business. Yeah, and so 1986, I probably met you around 1990 or so. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, he has worked in lending and sales, closing thousands of transactions. Thousands. Thousands. Um, as a broker associate at EXP Realty, he is one of the top producing agent, agents in its network, closing eight figures in sales. Um, but that's actually not what I asked you here to talk about. So Bill's success has come from his ability to help people gain success in what is an extremely competitive business. He's coached thousands of agents, including several of the top brokers in the country. And I look to you as one of my coaches, wow. as you know. Likewise. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Yeah. But you're not embarrassed. No. Because oh. it's all true in the end. Well, it's not who I am as a person. Those are some of the things I've done, some of the accomplishments. Yeah. But you know it's not define, doesn't define me as a person. It's just some activities. So I, I want to jump right in. Um, I mean, I talked about how competitive the real estate business is. But, but and we've talked about this many times, every business today is, is competitive. Yes. Right? More so, so than ever. Every industry. That's the constant theme in every business I talk to, being in real estate, I talk to attorneys, accountants, manufacturers, sales. Every industry's constant uh, refrain is the business is more competitive than it used to be. Right. I mean, and, and I remember this is going back when I was still in the real estate business. Um, I was sharing offices with one of my clients. It was the, the client was just a few older than me, but his father was also part of the business at the time. And he was, you know, semi-retired at that point. And I remember going out to lunch with him, and this is, this is back in, you know, the 1990s. And, and he was saying, he says, I, you know, he says, I'm so glad to be basically done with business. Because even back then, yeah. it was just so much more competitive than it was, you know, when he started out back in the 60s. So, so how, do we, how do we gain an edge 
in this relentlessly competitive business environment that, that we all live in. And I think what you we are describing is, on one hand, business is easier than ever with technology and internationalization and lowered cost that, that brings, if you're able to leverage it. At the same time, things are more difficult. How can that be? And the answer is the competition is also using those tools to their advantage. So at the end of the day, I think the answer is there really is no competition. It's just you being the best you can be. And with all these opportunities, if you focus on what your purpose and your goal is, there's more resources than ever to, to, to leverage into those opportunities. When you focus on that, it, the business gets easier. When you focus on trying to make a sale, getting a check, it's very, very difficult because now you're not serving a purpose. You're more trying to do transactions, and that's more challenging. So when you say you're, you're in, in touch with your purpose, you're in touch with your can you be, be, more, be more specific for us yeah. about that, if you will? What, is, what does that really mean? So it's easier for me to, say, to use the context of real estate. It's very easy to get caught up in a commission check. So if I'm selling your house, there's a problem that comes up. There are moments where I need to say to you something that will reduce the chance of me getting paid. Hey, let's cancel the deal. Let's not sell the house. This is a problem. It, it's not to your advantage. Um, and as a real estate agent, the challenge is to overcome the, the urge to say, well, I want to tell them that, then I won't get paid, mm -hmm. and do it right for the customer. So my first coach was Zig Ziglar. He said that you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And so when we focus on helping people, and I'll get paid on this deal, but I won't get paid on this one, but I'll get paid on the next one because of that one, but we're serving people, these resources then become tools we can use on our purpose. But when we really focus on just a commission check, it is a very competitive business. It gets to be a grind. It also doesn't give us the joy and the pleasure of fulfilling our purpose. We're just getting paid. And there's a limit to how valuable that is at the end of the day. So when you talk about our, our, our purpose, do we all then have essentially the same purpose, i.e. to serve other people within whatever business we're in? Well, it's, I think it's a deep spiritual question that we all have to ask ourselves. I obviously answer that, as you know me, as a religious Jew. So I look at ultimately what's God's purpose for me. But I think for everybody, it's about, you know, whatever it is you're going to do, be the best at that. Take joy in being the best at that and helping other people. And whatever's supposed to happen to you will happen at the, at the highest level. There's a scene in, in um, the movie Gandhi where Gandhi's wife and, and, and Gandhi, ha Gandhi has an argument with his wife. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel a little better. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. and, and it's her turn to rake and cover the latrine. And, and they argue. She doesn't want to do it. She's his wife. He says, you have to do it. She says, fine, I'll do it. And he says, no, no, no. You'll either rake and cover the latrine with love or you won't do it at all. And the point I think he was making there was that everything we do, either we do it to be a service and do it with love or we're not doing the right thing. And so I would say to you that when I find people who have amazing lives, they have financial success as defined as freedom from stress, they have family life, they have social life, they have other things in life that they value, inevitably they're focused on just doing what they do well and helping other people as much as they can. And they're not as focused on last year I did 10 million and next year I'm going to do 15 million. That's not to say we shouldn't have goals. That's just not the purpose. That's maybe a scorecard we keep. I'm a, I'm a single parent. I have three children. I don't know how I'm going to feed my children next week, right. right? 
how do I keep myself focused on my purpose and and not let you know the the, the desperation and 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 by the way uh, that's to, to my mind that's you know if there is such a thing justifiable desperation right nobody sure. wants to see their kids go hungry so the difference between desperation is I have to do something and desperation that causes us to cut corners and do things we shouldn't do so I think that when and I've been in positions where I've lost everything and had to start over and that's not a reason you should do business with me, right? That I'm desperate. In fact, you might be concerned. Am I going to steal your money? You know, times that I'm in real estate, people write checks in the old days. We give us checks to deposit, right? Are they worried about me stealing them? If they knew I was desperate, maybe they wouldn't be as comfortable. That, but that's what gets in the way of serving you as a customer. If I'm desperate for money, my focus should be who can I help and get paid, not how do I get paid. And it, that requires discipline. That requires faith. That requires you know, uh, fortitude, those are challenges. I faced them in my life. And, and so, um, but I've also known people who were that poor and they didn't see themselves as being that poor. They just did the things they had to do. They called for help. They went to a, a church. They went to a pastor, a rabbi, a friend, or whatever, got the food they had to get, got themselves a little breathing room and went back and found a job. And I often find that people are so desperate and they'll, they'll share with you the desperation but by relieving that pain, they're not taking the actions to solve it, which at the end of the day probably means you got to get a job or start a business or find somebody who needs you to do something for them that you can get paid for. So I think that there's, there's a, it's not about the desperation. It's how you channel that energy. Do you put it in a positive way or do you allow it to be overwhelming or, or negative way? I'll give you a perfect example okay. if I can. Yeah. I had a real estate agent who, who was – you know, not able to provide for his family and, and was leaving the business and taking a job as a warehouse person and I, because he didn't have the money for his multiple listing service dues. I said to him, he said he couldn't afford it, it's too much money. It was like $300. I said, I'm just curious. Do you have cable TV? Yeah. How much is that monthly? About $140 a month. I said, really? So the last few months, because I don't have cable TV. But I said, you found money for that, but you find money for the dues that pay for your business. So on one hand, he, he could tell you he was desperate, and you might go, oh, well, that's really sad. You have to go get a job. But he didn't take the actions. He didn't take the desperation and move it into action to do things he should have done to generate some business. So, so you've, you've coached a lot of, a lot of people, um, and, and, and I, I assume that example you just gave is, comes from somebody that you coached, mm -hmm. right? Real. So for someone... Who's who's struggling? I, I would imagine you you'd say find yourself a coach. So I say you need three things. You need to have a coach, or a mentor, or a teacher, or a rabbi, or a pastor, or somebody who's in charge that you respect their authority. Okay. Second, you have to have a process or a system or a book or methodology that you know what you're supposed to do every day. You should never wonder what am I supposed to do today. So if you're if, as in real estate, when you're self-employed, you need to have a schedule and be working that schedule that comes from your system. The third thing I think we need is a community or a team or a group or a congregation so that we have peers, we have peer pressure to push us forward. We have peers who need our help, so we're helping them, and then we've earned the right to ask for help when we need it. And I find that you have to have those three things together. Uh, absent that, it's very difficult to be successful in business. But 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 you know I really want to drill down on this. So, where we find the mentor, that makes sense. Go find someone who's 
who's already had the kind of success that we're looking for yeah. and, and talk to that person or, or maybe, I guess, buy that person's book, read their book, what, right? Yeah. So for, for, the, uh, for the other two, right, where do, we, where do we find that system? Where do we find that community? Well, I find that successful coaches, leaders, pastors, rabbis have those other two. Right? They have a system they promote to you. Uh, you can pick anyone in any area of your life, and, and, and I find anybody who's a leader in that area will promote a particular system or methodology or process, and they'll have a group of people around them who achieve success or starting out or in process. And you have to sign up for all of it. You know, there's a, in, in, again, because I'm religious, I would go back as a study, why did Joshua succeed Moses for the Jewish people? It says because he was the one who stayed after Moses gave lectures and put the chairs away, in essence. He put the, the rugs away, right? Well, what does that mean? Well, when you put the chairs away for the leader, you've earned the right to ask him questions and get extra time with him. And so I'd say when you find somebody who's that way, be at class early and help set up. Be at class afterwards and help clean up, make sure he gets things thrown away or whatever. Make it easier for him to deliver it to everybody. He'll find a way to, or she, will find a way to encourage you and support you because they need you around. So I, I remember, this is, again, back when I was still in business, I think it was Felix Roy Hatton who said this. He, he, someone asked him, you know, what is the key to success? And he said, make yourself indispensable. Yes, I would go with that. I would say that to your customers, to your coach, to your mentor or pastor or whatever. And people say to me, well, I can't get, develop a relationship with, I, I, often people come to me with spiritual questions with this rabbi or this pastor. Well, if you're there at the class early and you're there afterwards cleaning up afterwards, believe me, he'll find a way to keep you around. You know, nobody builds organizations is stupid. They built the organization because they did certain things over time and, and achieved a level of success. So I would say 100%, make yourself indispensable to customers or to your coach or your system for sure. So you're, you, know, you find someone you think would be the ideal coach and for whatever reason, they're not receptive. What do you do? I don't. I don't hear that happening very often. I mean, I guess find another. But um, we're not talking about NBA coaches where they're paid professionally and will only take their own team. And even those guys, my guess is they have summer camps and they have. I mean, I've met them actually. I've met NBA coaches and they have summer camps. If you sign up your kid to the summer camp and you show up there to help out, you're his best friend that week. I mean. We're all that way. We all need help. I, one thing about really successful people that I've noticed when I meet them is how human they really are. You know, on stage, it might be indispensable or in, in, in untouchable, but in real life, they're human. They have their challenges too and find the moments where they need help. And I would, I, I, don't, I guess I would reject the premise of your question. I don't, people who are successful are good at delegating tasks to people to help create a win-win situation. That's why they're leaders. So I don't, I don't think that really is... When people would say it to me, I just don't buy it. Okay. So, so in other words, because I could imagine somebody watching this is thinking to myself, I, 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 I can't approach this successful person. It's, it's too daunting. It's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll get rejected. Well, I think you might get rejected for what you asked for, but then you have to find something they're not going to reject you for, right? Meet them. If you know they're going to a certain meeting, if you're there early, right? Like, like I used to go to court to meet certain people, attorneys or investors or, or homeowners. If I knew they'd be at court at 8.30, I was there at 7.45. Mm -hmm. And some people get there early. 
Well, there I am in a suit and a tie with a cup of coffee and time to talk to them. And if I'm not there at 745, I don't have the chance to talk to them. If I see them walking in the door, hey, so-and-so, I just, I literally just had a lady call me, an attorney, who I met that way about a year and a half ago, and she's calling me with some business. Why? I just happened to be in court and saw her, and then when I called her a week later, hey, I saw you in court, I know you're busy, I'd love to take you to lunch, talk about how I can help you. She's now open to it because I already met her. So I think that, yeah, you might get rejected the first time, but you know, if it's a valuable relationship, it's worth a second, and also change your tactic or strategy because everybody needs something. Just find out what they need. All right. So now, now you've 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 got the coach. You're, you're developing that relationship with them. They have the system, and you're you're learning that system. You're building that community. How long does it take? Well, it takes as long as it takes. I think I think life's a process. It's not a destination. And so I would say that, um, you know, I think your question really is, how do I know that I'm making progress, right? Because if I said it takes two years to go from zero to making a living in real estate, and along the way you'll close some deals, but you're not making a living, you know, right? Well, but what's the benchmark at 90 days and six months and nine months and a year? That's a different question. So I would say, what are the benchmarks? And that's a good question for your coach. And then I always go back to, well, are you doing the things you're supposed to do to get there? To use real estate as an example, because that's what I'm in most commonly, oftentimes I break down to real estate agents and say, at the end of the day, it's about how many people you talk to and how many people you meet. If those two numbers aren't sufficient, you're not, it's like a baseball player. You're not going to get enough chances at bat to hit a home run, and you're never going to get good enough to hit a ball if you ever get your bat on the ball. So people often say, well, I, you know, it's 90 days and I haven't got a deal yet. Okay, but did you do the calls you're supposed to do? Did you meet with the people you're supposed to meet? And usually the answer is no if they're struggling. The people who do the activities, they don't ask that question because they have that faith every day. That's what drives them to do the activities. And so that's where I think the coach and the community come into play. If you're doing this, whatever the activity is, and you see a guy who's three months ahead of you and a year ahead of you, and they're achieving what you want, you don't stop and ask, am I on the right path or not? You just keep following them. Very good. Well, I got the high sign. We have to wrap up. Okay. So um, find a coach or mentor, a process, and a community. And then if you just follow those three things, that, sh that, should, get you, that should get you on your way to wow. If you do what your coach says, I think that's always the question. Are you doing what he says? What would so-and-so tell you to do? Oh, yeah, you tell me to do this. Then do that. So that should get you on your way to wow for sure. Bill, thanks so much. My pleasure, always. That's our show for this week. Thinking back to what Bill Gross said, if we want to be successful, if we want to find our way to wow, we need three things. We need a coach or mentor, we need a process, and we need a community. But of the three, we need the coach or mentor because they'll help us find the other two. And as I think back about my own life, that's absolutely been the case for me. And I think it's been the case for every successful person there's ever been. We don't do it on our own. We need other people to help us show, to help show us the way. So go out and find that coach or mentor. Okay? If you're not sure who that person is, why don't you drop us a line? Tell us where, what, what you want to find success in. We'll see if we can't find you somebody to get in touch with. Courage at all times, my friends.
And Marie, darling, you're still my belle. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.